Open mine eyes that I may see Glimpses of truth thou hast for me Open mine eyes, illumine me Spirit divine Love of my life, I am crying I am not dying, I am dancing Dancing along in the madness There is no sadness like to invite you to a soul-level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guests' spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. Talk about a perfect match for Song of the Soul. My guest today is the author of Drumming the Soul Awake, and he's a sort of shaman for a community formed around the drum circles he leads in the Twin Cities of Minnesota. His name is Jamie Meyer, and he's a plain Joe, a wild-eyed mystic, and a really nice guy all in one. He joins us today from the Twin Cities. Jamie, welcome to Song of the Soul. Thanks, Mark. Great to be here. Your name was recommended to me by one of the people who sits on a committee that they kind of nurture, oversee, help me be clear about my work for Northern Spirit Radio. This man said, I just had to see you because evidently, I don't know if he was together with one of the drummings that you organize in the Twin Cities area or how would he have run into you? Where are the venues where you appear in public? Pretty much locally in the uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul area, I've done a little bit of stuff around the state of Minnesota, but I'm pretty local. I did write a book a couple of years ago, and that's been up on Amazon and things like that. So maybe somebody might have read the book, but if he's come to any of my drumming things, it's been in Minneapolis or St. Paul. And what exactly is a drumming thing? <laughs> you know, I, uh, there's a lot of drum circles in the world, and I think there's different ways of approaching a drum circle. On one side of the spectrum, it's a drum jam, a wide open kind of experience where everybody shows up and just starts grooving. 
And on the maybe on the other side of the spectrum, there's something that's completely led by kind of a master drummer, and he or she is teaching you certain rhythms and play it like this, and now you guys play this, and you guys play that. And my drum thing is sort of in the middle. I call it lightly facilitated, meaning I make it clear that I'm not a master drummer. I'm just a guy who has drummed for a while. I know a lot of phenomenal drummers, and I'm not one of them. I love the drum, and I love it mostly as a vehicle for releasing spiritual energies and for summoning spiritual energies. It's just a beautifully easy instrument to do all of that work. So in my groups, you know, people come together, and I'll kind of set up a little bit of groove. I'll do a, just enough teaching so that if somebody's never drummed before, I'll give them something that makes them feel comfortable. Or if somebody has drummed a lot, I might suggest something harder for them. Or if, if, they, if they're good drummers, I just ask them to do what they want and lead us. But I kind of hold the groove together a little bit. And sometimes I'll more actively sort of shift the tone. But generally, I'm most successful when I get something going and then the spirit of the evening, whoever's there and whatever kind of spirit that's in the room that wants to be played in a certain way, it takes over. Some of my best experiences as a leader have been when I'm standing on the outside of the circle and nobody knows where I am. And it's just the groove kind of taking everybody away. You didn't mention, I think, the name of the book, Drumming the Soul Awake. You know, I did look at your website and I saw you have an excerpt at drummingthesoulawake.com. And you start with a paragraph that I think it really intrigued me, and maybe it captures some of the flavor that you're reaching toward. And here's what it says. Welcome to you, O wild wanderers, on the road of wonder. You who know you are bigger than your worries, bigger than your envies, bigger than your fears. Welcome, seekers, after the heartbeat of the deep. O open-armed lovers of the pulse of life, welcome to you the immense tribes of the spiritual but not religious, and to you who seek to love this awesome earth, who want beauty even more than you want money, welcome. And welcome to you who yearn to live your days drawing on a source of love, curiosity, and wonder rather than fear and obedience. Welcome, welcome to you who ache to learn the next verse of Oran Mor, the great song of the universe. Welcome, one and all, to Drumming the Soul Awake. And to that I say, Jamie, wow. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard anybody read it before. It's kind of cool. Thanks for reading that. It's funny because, you know, I wrote that a while ago. I put it up on the website, and I don't really, when I go to my website to work on it or whatever, I don't really look at that text. But hearing you read it, it's like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm all about. It's wonderful to hear it read, so thank you. Well, you're welcome. Some of the content of that, the immense tribe of the spiritual but not religious, what's that about? Where do you come from, where do you go? And obviously you've got this connection with drumming, but that's, I assume, one feature of your spiritual life. You know, that phrase, the spiritual but not religious, is probably the only phrase in there that I actually thought that's a good, I I don't want to call it a marketing phrase, but that's a demographic, you know, the spiritual but not religious. I went to the seminary years ago, uh, 15 years ago, thinking that I might be interested in becoming a minister. But, you know, I was probably there for five minutes, and I thought, who are you kidding? I'm just not institutional, and I'm not tied to the traditions. I mean, I love the traditions, but I'm not tied to them in a kind of a worship sense that I'm just not a church guy. 
So that phrase, spiritual but not religious, turns out through my studies in the seminary, and if you if you read a little bit, it turns out that spiritual but not religious is the largest denomination in America because the church has lost so many people. And it's like we have this culture of people who are spiritual, they're full of yearning, and they're full of desire to come into contact with spiritual things, but they're not connected to any tradition because they've fled uh, a tradition that doesn't make sense to them. The word religion has become toxic to them, so when they describe themselves, they absolutely will not describe themselves as religious because it's a word that they abhor but they use the word spiritual. So it turns out that there's surveys done saying, what denomination are you? And the denomination of either unaffiliated or spiritual but not religious is actually the largest denomination in America. So that's a tribe, but it's a tribe that doesn't know each other in a lot of ways. And, you know, I studied the shamanic path for a long, long time. I've had a number of different teachers and a number of my own experiences. So a lot of what I try to do in my drumming work is tie together in some way, probably some kind of clumsy way, the intuitional, body-centered, instinctual world of the drum with an intellectual kind of framework that I get from the seminary, you know, bringing in historical perspectives and theological things, and then kind of trying to tie things together as a shaman which for me, the role of the shaman is to be embedded in a community, in a local community. That's something I've thought about for a long, long time. That's one of the reasons why, as I kind of became more serious about my shamanic work, I really kind of shied away from what I think is often the traditional way of, the neo-traditional way of doing it, which is you start thinking about traveling and doing workshops all around the country to make your living as a shaman. And I was never really interested in that because I really feel like the shaman's role is to be embedded in a local community to bind that community together somehow. So that's kind of what my, uh, I guess, my overriding vision for drumming the solo wake has been. Well, I think you should probably start us off with some of your music. This is Song of the Soul, after all, and we'd like to get a flavor of what you're about. Sure. The first song is from Gabriel Roth and the Mirrors, which uh, Gabriel Roth is a, a dancer and a drummer, and she just does really cool music that's kind of trancey and uh, a little bit meditative, and I just like it. This one is called The Calling. Let's do it. The Calling by Gabriel Roth for Jamie Meyer's Song of the Soul.
The Calling by Gabriel Roth. Have you met Gabriel Roth, or is this just music filters through to you? Yeah, I've never met her. Uh, I came across, actually, this CD years and years ago. I know that she does a lot of workshops and traveling, and I think she kind of combines some kind of ecstatic, trancey, dancey kind of stuff with kind of shamanic thinking. It sounds really, really cool. And so this ecstatic, trancey, dancing stuff, is that something that might happen at one of your drummings? Do people move as well as drum? Absolutely. I'm not a, a dancer person. I mean, I dance a, a little bit, but I'm not like a trained dancer. And, you know, since I grew up male in America, I didn't grow up dancing. But one of the great gifts of the drum is that if you have a room of 40 people and they start drumming, it's almost impossible not to want to get up and dance. That's one of the great gifts of the drum because we'll have people in a circle drumming, and before you know it, the people who are called up to dance will start dancing. Drumming is great by itself, and you can have a lot of fun with people sitting in a circle drumming. But when somebody stands up to start dancing, the energy in the room like goes through the roof. It feels so primitive in the best sense. Uh, I mean, primitive in the, in the sense of like the ground of being, sort of like we're doing something that humans have done for thousands and thousands of years. We're just kind of worshiping with our bodies the awe of being alive. It's an amazing thing when you have a circle of drummers and some dancers just kind of flowing with it all. And I just find it an amazing experience. Well, then I bet that you have some more music, Jamie, that will get us toward that energy. So what do you want to do next for Song of the Soul? There is a drummer, a frame drummer, a guy named Glenn Velez, who plays the frame drum, which is a small handheld drum. Any kind of drum, kind of like the tambourine that you hold with your hand and play with your fingers, is called a frame drum. He's sort of the king of the frame drum in a certain way, I guess. And he's done a lot of different music, but this particular song is called Hidden Oasis. And he, he uses the frame drum in a lot of interesting rhythms, and he also brings in a lot of interesting instruments from around the world to form just a, a very unusual kind of music. Hidden Oasis, Glenn Velez.
that fine music was by Glenn Velez. The song is Hidden Oasis, and it's part of Jamie Meyer's Song of the Soul. I meant to ask you also, with the first tune you shared, The Calling or Hidden Oasis, are these songs that you in some way render when you're doing drumming? Do you include, I don't know, rhythms, uh, themes from these in what you're doing? Not consciously or directly. You know, the our drumming groups are sort of, it's made up of people who are not really drummers. They're people who are trying to, well, I guess as some Native Americans might say, they're trying to find their medicine. You know, they're trying to find their power. They're trying to come into contact with spirit, and the drum is what's calling them at that moment. So they're not drummers. There's a lot of people in our circle who have never touched a drum until they show up. And so teaching them some kind of really uh, intense rhythm, you know, like something like what Glenn Velez plays. He plays in just really intensively complicated rhythmic structures. Our drumming tends to be very simple, and the complexity of it will come from either I'll put a little bit of complex stuff on the top of everybody else, or if there's another drummer in the room that can do stuff, then I'll ask them to just kind of fill out the sound. But I don't, I try not to, uh, as I said, try not to frame what I'm doing as a drum class or you're going to learn about rhythm because what that does is it starts to engage the person's intellect and they fill in all this stuff of, oh, I'm going to a drum class and therefore you act in a certain way, you fear in a certain way because I'm going to fear that I can't do this. And one of my greatest goals here is to invite people in and make sure that they're not afraid at all and make sure in a certain way that their their intellect or their their rationality which is an important aspect of us, but at this very moment, it can be kind of told to sit on the side, but you're just saying, let me be for this couple of hours and let this intuitive, primal, non-rational, right brain art side uh, of me emerge, because that's the side of our personality that the divine speaks directly to. That sounds somewhat like a theological statement, that that's where the divine speaks to. By the way, Jamie, I'm Quaker, which our way of worship is to go into an hour of silence where we don't have anything. We clear out the outer world and we attempt to get to the inner world, which is the outer world, of course. And there's a curious parallel between drumming or music as a way of getting to that place and silence. Do you know what I'm saying by that parallel? Absolutely. I think in a certain way, if you were to say, well, you know, what is the worship structure of your drum group? I'd say it's very Quaker in that way because we convene, but the basic idea is whoever is ready, let it flow. I mean, I start things off in a kind of a gentle way, but the whole idea of our group is let it flow. And however spirit is going to speak with you, whatever groove emerges right now is the groove that spirit wants to play through us at the moment. It's not that there's somebody saying, play this. Your job is just to become open at the moment and then to trust that whatever comes through is trustworthy and meaningful. And we don't try to particularly shape it into anything that makes sense, although it always ends up being an incredible sound. But yeah, that, that kind of just openness and trust is really at the core of what we're doing. Let's keep going on your music, Jamie, because I think you really reach out widely in the world. Your music is not, I guess, North American. It's certainly not mainstream-oriented. And I guess that's necessary because our mainstream probably doesn't want us to get to that divine connection place. I agree with that. I mean, certainly the world has a lot of different music, but 
the music that I seem to be attracted to is structures and sounds that really you'll never hear on the radio here or even, you know, in some internet stuff, I guess. But yeah, I'm really attracted to stuff that is clearly not part of my world. So give us another song that maybe connects us up with this drumming world, this drumming groove, this, uh, I think of it as meditation that you do. Yeah, it definitely is. In our drum groups, we drum for a while and then we we take a little break. And the second half of our evenings together is very distinctly meditative or shamanic or ceremonial. It kind of changes week by week. But it definitely, the first half is all about fun and grooving and tribe. And the second half, uh, which I lead more directly in the second half, it's all about going in or maybe going out into the uh, spirit world kind of thing, but it's more ceremonial, shamanic. This next song is by a musician from Kenya named uh, Ayub Ogata. He combines the djembe drum, which is a traditional African instrument that's used all through Africa, with this kind of harp, a stringed instrument. It's sort of a harp, kind of a half harp, half guitar and that it, his music is really simple, but his voice is so beautiful that I just find myself, when I hear him, stopping whatever I'm doing, and I just can't do anything but listen to his voice. I just love it. Stop whatever you're doing, listen to the music of Ayu Bogata. The song is Kathbiro.
Bureau by Yubogata. It's for today's Song of the Soul with Jamie Meyer. His website, you want to check him out, is drummingthesoulawake.com. He has two monthly drumming gatherings in the Twin Cities area of Minnesota. I also have been doing, for the past seven or eight or nine years, I started doing a winter solstice event years ago that was really like a, a monthly drum group because I have a background as a playwright, I started to ask myself, what would happen if we took this kind of intimate experience that we have with these 35 or 40 or sometimes 50 people in a room and doing this kind of drumming thing, could it be done on a larger scale, invite people in, uh, more like a theatrical production, people who think it might be interesting, but they're not coming because they're driven by spirit, but they've just heard and maybe it sounds interesting. So I started doing a winter solstice thing. It's just been this kind of growing thing over the years. And last year, I did a three-night stand, and probably each night, I don't know, 150 people came. And it's the same kind of structure. Everybody drums, which is just an amazing thing to be in a big room and have 150 people all drumming. And if, you know, a hundred of them have probably never touched a drum before, but we're all just producing this just womp and groove together. It's just an amazing experience to sit down and realize, wow, I've never touched a drum, but here I am just grooving away with all these people. And then I do some storytelling about the solstice, and then I go into a kind of a ceremonial part at the end of that experience that deals with my studies with a Sami shaman. And in that world, the reindeer is a very, very important totem animal. And my studies with him years ago really connected me to the spirit of the reindeer. At our holidays, we have the reindeer too, but it's this really twisted image of Rudolph with the red nose who kind of works at Santa's factory, and Santa is sort of like the CEO of a kind of a Henry Ford-style toy factory, and 
it's just this really twisted Western view of the spirit of the reindeer. So I, I, I try to kind of resurrect what I think is a more beautiful and certainly ancient view of the reindeer through the winter solstice. And so it's become a really alternative holiday experience for a lot of people. And if people want to find out about that celebration, what's the mode of communication? It's on my website, usually starting in about you know mid-October or something like that. I'll put something up. I also have an email newsletter that people can sign up for, and so I uh, tell them about that. And in my newsletter, you know, it's sort of like you know a reminder of the next drum. But I also try to do some meditations because I know that I have a lot of subscribers to my newsletter that never come to the drums because they don't live here, but they just like my writing, and so people can subscribe to the newsletter too. So I assume they'll find all of that via drummingthesoulawake.com? They will. We need some more music. I can just feel the need growing in me. What's next? Actually, speaking of the reindeer, this is a group called Loitima out of Finland. It's a trio of women who play this ancient Finnish instrument called the kantele. It's a stringed instrument that you kind of strum like an auto harp or you can kind of pluck. And there's different kinds of them. There's ones with five strings and one with 13 strings, I think. And anyway, you know, they're masters at this. But they also have these really interesting voices. And they kind of combine a little bit of Finnish pop music with this really old indigenous chanting style called yoiking. It's just really, really cool. In fact, speaking of the, the winter solstice and the reindeer, this song, I end up listening to this song starting in about mid-October as I start to design the next winter solstice experience because it's just, I don't know, for some reason it just brings me back into that world of the Sami. And the song is Kunmun Kultani Tulisi by Loitima. Stop. 
performed by Lotema. You heard a portion of Kun Moon Kultani Tulisi. And Jamie Meyer picked it to share as part of his Song of the Soul. And this is Song of the Soul. I'm your host, Mark Helpsmeet, for this Northern Spirit Radio production. My website is northernspiritradio.org. You'll find links to Jamie and all my other guests and my archives of the past six years and a place to put comments on my site. Please come visit. I'd like to meet you too. We're going through Jamie Meyer's Song of the Soul today. Jamie Meyer leads drumming circles, and he's a kind of a shaman, I guess. Jamie, one thing I didn't ask you is what your religious background is. Will it detract from the world if we know where you came from? <laughs> no, I, I think one of my strange roundabout gifts to the world is that I am a normal, I call myself a suburban white boy shaman sometimes, because, you know, I grew up in, you know, a lower middle class family in Denver. My dad was a mechanic. My mom worked at a department store jewelry counter. And we grew up what I call blue collar Protestant, which means we went to church when we felt guilty, when my parents felt guilty. And that was about two or three times a year. And the other times, you know, my dad said, you know, I get up every damn day of the week to go to work. I'm not getting up on Sundays. So I didn't grow up super religious, but like a lot of people, I had sort of this kind of religious awakening in high school, and I became kind of one of the Youth for Christ people, you know, and I went to the meetings, and I actually had a falling out with my mentor, Kevin. He started telling me all about how I must be to be right with God, and um, I started to actually have a lot of visionary experiences back then with uh, the white dove of the Christian tradition. It used to come to me and do all this kind of visionary stuff with me, and when I started to tell Kevin about my visionary experiences with the white dove. It freaked him out so much, and he told me I was going to go to hell. But I said, but, you know, wait a minute. Uh, you told me all this stuff, but I just somehow I had crossed over his boundaries. And that kind of pushed me a little bit out of the Christian world. But I've always loved the tradition, and I've studied a lot. And then later in life, I went to seminary because I wanted to study it formally, and I wanted to get a master's degree and the whole thing. But along that whole line, I have this uh, artistic personality. I worked as a playwright for a long time, and that drove me into this kind of intuitional world of shamanic studies. So I ended up studying with a, a bunch of different people. I, I try not to overblow my uh, studies in that way. I'm just like many people. I don't have the money or the time to travel the world to stay in Peru for five months and things like that. So my studies have been working in limited time with some indigenous teachers, with reading a lot, and it's been doing a lot of uh, individual work. When I was a playwright living in my little garret for so long, I lived really, really poorly, and I basically lived the life of a hermit for about seven or eight years. There were times when I would be working on my plays and things like that and not speak to anybody for months at a time. I'd be locked in my little two-room apartment having visionary experiences for years at a time. And, and it wasn't until a lot later as I started leading these groups and people started calling me a shaman and things like that that I started taking more seriously that whole long period of time where I really was isolated. It was all about communing directly with the Spirit. I mean, from uh, an outside point of view and from my elderly landlord who lived downstairs, he, I was just absolutely nuts for about eight years. I mean, I just did the nuttiest stuff in my apartment. And then I'd walk out into the, you know, I, I lived in this really bad neighborhood by most people's standards. And I'd walk around and do nutty stuff out there. And I was just another one of those urban nutcases. 
But that was my training, my training by the Spirit in a certain way. It took me a long, long time to look at it like that. But looking back now, I realize, okay, you know, I did live in the forest for eight years. It's just that my forest was off Chicago and Lake Streets in Minneapolis. It was the urban jungle, I guess. But that's how I kind of got my training. That's great background to fill in there. Thank you very much for sharing that. And remember, everybody, you can connect up with Jamie via email or via his website at drummingthesoulawake.com. We should get in a little bit more music, I'm thinking. Do you want to share another tune with us? Yeah. This next one is a... I, I like it because it's sort of a modern, probably heavily synthesized and computerized version of some Hindu chanting. Sometimes it's called kirtan singing. It's Onama Bhagavate, which is a, a kind of a traditional chant, and I think it's Sanskrit. And so you'll hear these words chanted a lot in kind of traditional Hindu or in Hindu settings. But this one is kind of synthesized and groovy, and it's by this group called Desert Dwellers that I don't know who they are. I got the CD, I think, like at the zoo or something, and one of those kind of kiosks, you know, where you buy CDs for, you know, Calm Forest or whatever. So I just kind of think it's cool because it's, it's really modern, but it brings in these other kind of traditional chanting elements from the world of India. Om Namo Bhagavate by Desert Dwellers.
Desert Dwellers, Om Namo Bhagavate, for Jamie Meyer's Song of the Soul. And, you know, Jamie, one of the words you used when you were describing that song, and you've used it several other times, is getting into a groove. I'm a bit older than you, I'm imagining. I'm 57. Actually, in my youth, or, you know, coming through high school or a little bit earlier, groovy was a groovy word to use. I just ran into someone yesterday who's a decade younger than me who is using the word groove and groovy. Has it transcended? Is it part of artistic culture? I just didn't know it was in anybody's lexicon who was, you know, less than 60. Actually, that's kind of a good question. I don't know. You know, I use it as a theological term. When you're in a drum world, or even if you're drumming by yourself, the idea of the groove is that you're, you're moving along and you find this place you're playing along, and all of a sudden it becomes easy. You're not struggling anymore. And, you know, athletes and other people find the same place. You know, they call it the flow or the, you know, the whatever. But the groove, suddenly you realize, hey, I'm in a different consciousness than I was a few minutes ago because right now it feels really good, it's really easy, and there's a, a lightness and an openness to me. I'm in the groove. So I use that term as a theological term. It actually connects to other words from other traditions. For example, like in Hebrew, shalom is sort of the same sense for me. Now, I'm probably, you know, butchering things here, but, you know, that's kind of how I do it. Shalom, you know, the, the meaning of shalom is to be in proper alignment with the divine. There's a little bit of a sense in shalom of obedience, but the idea of that you do something and you come into a place of peace and alignment with the divine. And the ancient Greeks had the same idea with the logos, that the goal of the wise person or the, the person who wanted to align themselves with the good was to come into this alignment with the logos, which is the fundamental structure and thinking patterns of creation. In the Celtic world, that I'm, that's my ethnic history, is I'm Scottish on my mother's side. In that tradition, the phrase is on she. The she is the spirit world. And on she means to be with spirit. So you find yourself aligning with what they are asking at the moment or aligning with the way the spirit or the spirits or the Holy Spirit, how it runs the world. That is where envies and fears and, you know, the seven deadly sins, and that's where we fall into those because we're not in the zone. We're not on she. We're not in shalom. Or we're not, in my word, we're not in the groove. That's a whole new depth of that word. Thank you for introducing me to it. We got time for perhaps one last song, Jamie. What do you want us to go out for Song of the Soul with? This is an artist that came across recently. From what I understand, she is Iranian by birth. So she's Persian, I believe, grew up in India. Um, and she has this kind of whole uh, Middle Eastern skill. She can sing in Arabic, she sings in Persian, she sings in French and in English at different times. Her name is Azam Ali, I think that's how you pronounce her name. She just combines this unbelievable voice with this really, really grooving, frame drum-based tune. Talk about the groove, she's really in it. And this tune is called Spring Arrives. Shall it be the fool? 
music from Azam Ali, a portion of her song Spring Arrives, to finish up Jamie Meyer's Song of the Soul. And Jamie, I really hope people will go to drummingthesoulawake.com, find your book, maybe connect up with one of your drum circles. I don't think you need to go on a national tour, but maybe people can make a pilgrimage to the Twin Cities of Minnesota. What I do hope people can do is find some more of your music and find the place of spirit, deep and ecstatic, that you help guide folks to. Thanks for joining me for Song of the Soul. Thanks so much. It's been a delight, Mark. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy Letting the light It will heal you And you can feel you And sing out a song of the soul